Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. friends to the Neurodiverging Podcast. My name is Danielle Sullivan and I'm your host. Today we have an amazing interview with Alexandra Gilbert, who is the founder of Capable Consulting. Alex is a coach who works with ADHDers and folks with learning disabilities. And we get into some really nice conversation about what coaching can bring into people's lives, how we both approach our sort of adjacent but slightly different jobs, and just getting to know Alex and her work in case she sounds like a good fit for you. Before we get into that, I just want to shout out my patrons who support this podcast every single month with their donations through Patreon and get cool perks. If you're interested in becoming a patron, a friend of the show, by donating a couple of bucks a month to make this podcast run, you can check us out at patreon.com slash neurodiverging. Before we dive into the interview, let me tell you a little bit about Alex. Alexander Gilbert is the founder of Capable Consulting, spelled capable with an E, like a superhero's cape. After spending her career working in leadership development, she decided to start a consulting and coaching business to help adults with learning disabilities or ADHD who have been struggling with their careers. Alex herself has dyslexia and ADHD, and she writes about her own lived experience of struggling through school and work within systems not designed for her. I know we talk about that a lot on the podcast. I hope that hearing from somebody with a different neurodivergent profile than me will be helpful for all of you. Alex created her coaching business to help others with learning disabilities navigate day-to-day workloads and to support them to reach their highest potential. I really encourage you to Google Capable Consulting, Cape Like a Superhero's Cape, and check her out. We'll also put links to all of her, everything, down below for you. And now, without further ado, here's my interview with Alex. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me as I have a fire truck going in the background, but here we are. I can't hear it. It's okay. There was right before I got on with you, there was, I guess, a a tow truck or a moving truck in my small cul-de-sac with many kinds of beeping. And I was like, that would happen right before a podcast episode. Of course, of course. It's still going and I'm glad you can't hear it. I can't hear it. That's just the (laughs) the work from home life, I think. There you go. (laughs) Well, I'm really, really happy that we made this happen today. I've been um, wanting to talk to you for a long time. You're... um, so Alex is a, you can tell us a little bit, you, you're a coach and a consultant and you work with a lot of ADHD folks and folks with learning disabilities. And um, we're kind of in similar orbits, I guess, as coaches, but don't serve yes. exactly the same populations. But um, I have heard amazing things about Thank your group you. and just, I'm really excited to talk to you. So would you mind telling us a little bit about 
what you do and who you have. Sure. Sure. So um, I was really privileged to be diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD when I was eight years old and had resources all the way through college, which most of my clients are newly diagnosed. And one of my podcasting friends called me a unicorn in this space because I was diagnosed so early. But one of the things that I realized about having resources was how valuable that could be and how hard it is when it doesn't exist. So I had been working in program and leadership development for over a decade. And I was so anxious and burnt out in the workplace all the time. And I realized it was because once I had had all of those resources and no longer had them, it was like the rug was pulled out from under me. And everything you learn in school about your learning disability or ADHD and all the resources that are available are apples and oranges. You know, how do I ask for more time on a test? What does it look like in the workplace? You know, it was really frustrating to me. And I'd always had this idea of supporting people with ADHD and learning disabilities all the way back to when I was 16 years old and applying to colleges because I had a, um, I had an SAT tutor tell me that because I was dyslexic and had ADHD that I would really amount to nothing. Mm -hmm. And that what I was on paper was somebody who struggled in all of these things. And I said, that's cool that that's all you see because I'm also president of this club. I'm also on the leadership of that club. I started X, Y, and Z. That's also on paper. Why don't you see value in that? And I really wanted to find ways to not only empower myself, but empower other people. And I created a mentor retention program for students with disabilities uh, in college. And I went to Indiana University. So not the nothing that she thought I was going to be, but I was able to really support other people who struggled in a lot of different ways. And so all of these things has kind of blended into itself um, after you know, COVID happened and I was laid off from my job. My husband and I were looking at each other and he's like, you're not going back into a regular job anymore, are you? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like, now is the time to really do what I want. Give people the support that need it. Help them feel empowered and really know that they have skill sets that are valued and that they should value themselves too. Thank you so much. So much of what you said spoke to me on a lot of different levels. So, <laughs> I'm um, glad. Obviously, I'm late diagnosed and autistic, so a different uh, different brains. Sure. Also, just the the apples to oranges, like you said, of being in the school system, and you know, again, I didn't have the framing or the the verbiage for what I was experiencing um, because I wasn't diagnosed yet. But knowing that certain things supported me, certain things were helpful. But then getting into the workplace and just not knowing how to apply. Um, this one switch context, right? Move yeah. this support from over here to over there in a way that worked for me. And I struggled a lot in the workplace um, yeah. until I really managed to figure out how to make it work from my home, from my, you know, with all my supports in place. Um, sure. So I, I know so many folks who, who handle similarly. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I always think it's fun too, to look back and see the passions of your life that started very young, right? Oh, but it yes. took time to really develop into what you do yeah. now. You know what? I always say it wasn't necessarily the path that I expected to take. And I remember thinking this was something that I've always wanted to do. I've talked about being a life coach at 16. I remember telling this to people and they're like, what the hell is a life coach? Like, this was like 
30, not 30. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I'm, this was like 20 years ago, though, <laughs> that I was talking about this and people said, what, what? But I kept thinking everything that I was doing up until this point was taking me further away from my goal. And I realized it actually was exactly the right stepping stones I needed in order to do the job that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And in the places that I was in, I needed to be in those places so that I had that understanding and grasp and could relate to my clients on a number of different levels to give them that added support. So yeah, it's funny how that works. It's, yeah. it's always been there, but it's showed up in a lot of different ways. One of the things you said was the, um, oh, sorry, I guess we weren't recording at that time, but before we got on the call, we were talking about um, that one of the gaps we kind of both saw that I think kind of mm. maybe applied to both of us entering this space was mm -hmm. that there weren't a lot of resources for adults, right? That there are resources for yeah. children and families and parenting sometimes, and sometimes they're terrible resources. Sometimes they're okay. Well, yes. um, but that for, so one of the reasons we st I started neurodiverging was because I was a newly diagnosed autistic parent with autistic ADHD kiddos, and I could not find mm -hmm. anything about mm. parenting as an autistic person or homemaking yeah. as an autistic person or housekeeping as an autistic person, right? Um, as opposed to how I should be training my children as oh autistic God, people. So it, oh, I thought that was really interesting <laughs> that you said that because it's like we both maybe saw this gap and, and came in and we're like, well, let's try to do something here. So what resources do you think um, either that you've created or that you've seen in, in other places? Do you have any like favorite for the uh, the adult ADHDers and and other learning disabled people that you work with yeah. day to day, it was so. I was like thinking as you were saying this, and it was taking me back to even why I wanted to start this. Mm -hmm. And I always put myself in the dyslexic first, ADHD second category yeah. because I used to think ADHD didn't affect me the same way because mm -hmm. everybody at the time would say ADHD, they think of that hyperactive boy disrupting class. And I, I would think to myself, that's not me. I'm more dyslexic. Yeah. And then I, and then I just happened to have ADHD. Um, so when I was coming up with different resources, I had that in the back of my head. And a lot of that has shifted as I was learning more about myself in that mm. process. And I would say this was, this was more in college too, yeah. um, that I was learning more as I was working with other students who had ADHD about what was needed and how I could figure out what that looks like in the workplace. So adaptive technology being number one, I mm -hmm. think that is one of the most useful resources and tools that everyone can use who has some kind of a learning disability or ADHD. And two of my favorite programs are Grammarly and Speechify, which I'm sure other yeah. people have talked about many, many times. But I really love these programs. And I used similar ones in college. Mm -hmm. Having something read to me is like listening to a podcast. I am so much more alert and aware. And that is how I process information. Mm -hmm. Because as a dyslexic, I'm visualizing it in my own way. And yeah. when I have to read it and try and figure out how to decode it and try and visualize it at the same time, I'm lost. It's like in ear, yeah, it's in one ear and out the other. Whereas if I'm listening, my mind is going exactly where I need to go. And I'm like, cool, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I can connect to it. There's that. The ADHD part of me is like, I'm really too impulsive to um, think through my to-do list. And if I see something that is, 
I can do check the box, send off an email. I'll do it and realize there's no attachments. I totally didn't make any sense when I sent this sentence. Um, I sent it to the wrong person. Here's all the mm -hmm. things that could have helped me do my job better. Um, and they were free resources. I mean, they have paid versions, but I think that those are huge. And I talked to a lot of companies specifically on how they can make their companies more inclusive. Mm -hmm. And that's on the bare minimum level of providing those services, whether they do the free or paid version, yeah. as they're handing out the laptops to their employees. Mm -hmm. That if that is available to every one of their employees, the person who has a learning disability or ADHD or on the spectrum doesn't feel like they have to ask. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times people are really ashamed to ask for resources because they don't want people to think that they're stupid or less than or incapable of their job when really it's just they're looking for ways to do their job better. Mm -hmm. And they're none of those things. They are not stupid. They yeah. are not incapable of that job. They are just viewing the world in a different way. Yeah. And when we talk about um, like the apples to oranges transitioning from maybe the school environment or the educational environment to the work environment, one thing that I, um, at least in the clients I see, um, so I work mostly with late identified autistic folks, um, but various other folks as well. A lot of folks don't know what to ask for. Like they know that yeah. they're not meeting the company's goals and they mm. know they're highly motivated to succeed. They're anxious to succeed. They ask for feedback. They implement so many overly complex systems and, you know, to try to do the best they can. But um, when we talk about, well, what accommodations would support you better, they have no idea. And sometimes that's right. the late diagnosis, right? That they're still reframing um, their, maybe their sensory profiles or their ways of thinking or their, you know, emotional intelligence in this new context of autism or ADHD or whatever the diagnosis is. But sometimes it's just that whatever, if they even got support in school, which many of them didn't, um, if they even did, they don't know how to say, well, actually having the thing read to me would be really helpful or having someone note take for me in meetings would be really helpful. Or could I wear sunglasses inside would be really helpful. Like it's just not even something they can generate yet. And so the idea of this just being a basic level of accommodations we make for everybody, I'm sure there are neurotypical people who would very much value having a thing read to them or being able to check their grammar for them that you know, that, totally. that accessibility helps everyone. Yeah. Totally. I, I used to describe this as, um, you know, you have an, you have a ramp to your front door, but the ramp is accessible to, pers uh, to a person in a wheelchair or mm -hmm. using a walker or a parent with a stroller. And it's for the able-bodied person who has no problem walking in the door. It, it is now easily accessible by anyone who wants to come in. And that's what I say to companies. If, if you really want to attract um, a diverse community within your company and really get the wide ranges of skills that people mm -hmm. who are, you know, it, on the autism spectrum or neurodivergent and have ADHD or learning disability, well, we have so many skills that could benefit their companies and organizations. But if we feel unwelcomed and we feel like we are, not in a place to succeed, you're never going to get the best out of us. And all of those resources that I had mentioned, and then some mm -hmm. are going to benefit everybody. And a lot of my clients, I was personally, I was always the person 
who felt comfortable disclosing that I had dyslexia and ADHD. That was, yeah. I said it on every single interview I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sit here and like toot my own horn, but there was not a single job interview that I didn't get asked back for the next round. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with, you know, the fact that I was saying that I was disabled and now all of a sudden they were like, well, maybe we have to bring her back. It was the skills that I was presenting that were actually best suited for those jobs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my clients don't feel comfortable disclosing. And I think that that's also okay. But there's a number of different ways to advocate for your needs. But I want to go back to the fact that you said people don't know what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly why I do this because you don't necessarily know what your needs are. Here I am someone who has had a diagnosis since I was eight years old. And I told you that in the workplace, I didn't know what that looked like. Mm -hmm. I would also say that in every job that you're in, you don't necessarily know what that looks like. You might understand some things that you need. You might need, you know, a quieter space or flexible work hours. Sure. On on like the lowest level, you understand that about yourself, but you might be going into a totally different career path Mm -hmm. and you don't know what the expectations are there. And you have to understand that it's not a stopping point to advocate for yourself as you're interviewing. It is going to be an ongoing process of learning how to communicate your needs, whether you disclose or not, about how you can do your job to the best of your ability. And it's understand that everyone has to advocate for themselves in some way, whether they have a disability or they don't. Mm -hmm. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think a lot of folks are struggling in the word pl- workplace, excuse me, with figuring out um, not only what they need, but how to ask for what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many of us are trained not to ask, not for, to. especially if you're, you know, woman presenting or if you're non-white, right? That asking can be seen as being aggressive or being, totally. you know, so there's a lot kind of going into that. You can't solve a problem if you don't know where it starts. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know what your needs are, the rest doesn't matter. Yeah. I can fill you up with lots of tools and resources. I mean, people, the conversations that people have about like, well, I'm put on an ADHD medication, I'm cured, like wipe your hands free. Like that's <laughs> not how that's, that, that's not how it works. No. So you're like those tools are here, but they don't work unless you know how to make Mm -hmm. them work for you. If you know what your needs are, you know what to advocate for. And Mm -hmm. often people tell me they don't know. And I think that is one of the worst phrases people with ADHD or learning disabilities can say, because it is not true. Mm -hmm. Because when I start to ask you, what do you know? You have endless lists of things that you know about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I also need to reframe that in in that when you tell, let's say your boss or someone you need help and they say, what do you need? And you say, I don't know. Your boss or your manager or your team or, or even your loved one or family member or friend 
when they hear you say, I don't know, they're thinking, we've been talking about this for all this time. What do you mean you don't know? You you haven't known what you were doing. And now that's where they start to have that doubt about you and your and your abilities to complete all of these things. Mm-hmm. What you need to change this phrase to be is, this is what I know and understand. Mm-hmm. Can you help me fill in the gaps? Yeah. Of, and and by expressing what you do know, the person who you are talking to says, oh, they might be able to tell you some of the resources that make the most sense based on what you understand and mm-hmm. where they see your gaps are. You might be able to have a conversation and say, this is what I understand is this or that resource available to help me accomplish this goal better. So I'll apply this one to the workplace. So we are in a three hour meeting. Let's just call it what it is. The worst thing ever. Um, ever. It is killing your productivity. Mm -hmm. Can you say to your boss, this meeting is three hours. You and I discussed working on this project and now I'm sitting in a three-hour meeting. Can we find a better use of my time? Is there a specific section of this meeting that you would like me to participate in? Can you tell me when to join? Mm-hmm. Can we have the meeting recorded so that if I need to refer back to this meeting that I can go back to it? Is there a note taker so that if I do miss something or I am in that meeting because you think that is most productive for me, that I have something to refer back to when I am doing this project? Mm-hmm. None of those are going to set off any red flags that you are not good at your job. All of them are finding different ways to do your job better. And that is what your boss or your manager is hearing. Mm -hmm. So I always try and find ways to have conversations by explaining what you know and understand, because that is your strength. Yeah. And I I think it's also important um, in how you phrase that, that you're looking for this very narrow specific place that you want resources, which shows that you're motivated and that you've already put, you know, a good amount of analysis behind the problem. Exactly. It also gives as, as someone who works with a lot of autistic people, a lot of what I do day to day is actually help people script things out. So they have this problem with say the three hour meeting and they're worried that if they like similar, I think background that if they're ask their boss to skip the meeting, quote unquote, that they feel like it will be seen as I'm trying to get out of work, as opposed to refocus on a project that they think is higher priority. Um, And working on thinking about what does your boss want to see from you, right? Your boss Mm -hmm. wants to see that you are motivated, that you are prioritizing appropriately and roughly in line with what the boss thinks is important or the company thinks is important. And you asking for help to do a better job is not going to be seen as, like you said, a bad employee, right? But the way that you communicate that, as you just put it, was beautiful because, and that's what that scripting is, right? It's like, how do you reframe the situation to be showing willing as opposed to trying to get out of something, right? So when you say, I don't know, it just feels like, I'm thinking as a parent, when my kiddos, when, when they're stuck or anxious or stressed and we're like, well, what kind of help do you need? And they say, I don't know. They can get out of it because there's seven, but it's still as a parent is like the worst thing. It's like, okay, well, how do I help you if I don't know, if you don't know what you, you know? Right. Um, so as a, a boss to employee, it's even, I think, worse because you're not a child. You do know what you need. You, you know, you just need to give us something to work with to help you. And here, here's an example, even with your seven-year-olds, and mm-hmm. they say, I don't know. If you are in a place where you feel stuck and you really feel like the answer is, I don't know, 
can you name a menu of three things that would mm -hmm. help you that would do even remotely more helpful than where you are? Yep. Um, so if you don't know what you need, okay. Would it be helpful if you were in a physical different space? Mm -hmm. That might be helpful. At least you can identify two or three things that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. And then that might, you know, spiral your mind to say, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, X, Y, and Z would even would be even more helpful. Exactly. But even just finding a way to identify something mm -hmm. is better than not. Yeah, completely. And a lot of times when I'm working with folks, and again, in the autistic profile, which is a little different, right, than mm -hmm, um, some other profiles, but like we're looking at, okay, well, is there anything sensory going on that <sighs> we can adjust, right? right? Light, sound, touch, um, is there something environmental going on that's not sensory, but that's like, you know, heat, cold, air movement, lack of air movement, sunshine, right. right? You know, what we often do is kind of segment it into these pieces of, okay, are there sensory things? Are there temporal things? Are there, you know, are you eating, drinking, going to the bathroom during the day? Like, right. are you taking breaks? Those kind of things. And that can also help break it down a little bit to be like, well, where are you Let's just look at this one area. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know anything that can help you, we'll just think about this one piece and try from there to work out some yeah. interventions that might support. So you're also making like making a point that I I talk about this all the time that people with ADHD and learning disabilities a lot of the time and even autism as well that you can see the big mm -hmm. picture and the little details all at once, yeah. which is incredible. Which is why we are so innovative and creative. But it also is what makes our stumbling blocks so it's difficult. Very big. Yeah. It's very big because all of a sudden we <laughs> see this very big picture. And the reason we say, I don't know, is because we're like, oh my God, I have to do all those little details. And I'm the only one to do them. And that's mm -hmm. so many executive functioning tasks that I just have no interest in. Yeah. So we just don't. Yeah. Do them. Yeah. So. Um, blessing and a curse in that way, for sure. I think I'm in now in a space where it's for sure a blessing, but that overwhelm is real. And the executive yes. function piece, as you say, is something that our profiles have in common for sure. So yes. yeah, yes. we talked a little bit about the workplace piece, which mm -hmm. I think is a large portion of every adult's, most adults' lives. Mm -hmm. Um, what other kinds of things do clients tend to want to work with you on? Um, are there patterns that you see that folks are having particular trouble with? Most people who come to me talk to me about work, but mm -hmm. here's what I will say. ADHD, learning disabilities, all of those things is not a light switch that you turn on and off. So we might start talking about work, but then we start talking about trouble with finances. We might start talking about the fact that they have history with disordered eating. We might start talking about that they struggle with organization they're a parent and now they're trying to function they're trying to find a way to function for themselves and then take care of a child and they don't know what systems they should be putting in place for both mm -hmm. everything bleeds into different parts of our lives and I would say that there's not a specific that people are coming to me for but I would say there are themes that mm -hmm. these are disabilities that challenge you in a number of different ways in a lot of different categories mm -hmm. and you might think oh I'm fine here but I struggle with this and it's like okay well that might be the case I personally have never really struggled with organization because that was something that I learned at a very early age with those resources how to 
organize for myself. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to, you know, this or that, I struggle with something different than one of my clients. It's, it, I I don't have a specific and I think that that's okay. I think Mm -hmm. us as a community is different and our personalities are different and what we want to hyper-focus on is different. And so the challenges we face outside of um, the workplace are different. Yeah, yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's really interesting. And it's it's been some of my experience too that, as you said, everything bleeds. And so I guess most folks come to me not so much with workplace issues, so they might come up, right? Mm. But with, um, I'm having... I, we have a lot of emotional intelligence issues in the mm. autism community because, well, for various reasons, um, only partly having to do with autism itself or the profile mm. itself. Um, but that kind of thing, you know, affects how you parent, how you talk to your boss, how you talk to your co- your partner, right? Your romantic partner, if you have one. Um, but also just how well you know yourself and how well you can assess what's working for you and what's not. And so it's really interesting, like the, the stuff, I always love looking back at when a client is sort of graduating and they are mm-hmm. kind of done with this period of coaching in their lives. Mm-hmm. And you look back at where they came in and you're like, oh, okay. They came in to talk about how to script a thing for their boss to ask for a different office space, right? Mm-hmm. And then you end up way over here with, you know, we have reorganized your, your how you cook meals and we've talked about parenting styles and we've talked about organization we've talked about like all the stuff because it just sort of all feeds yeah it does it does and it's also what leads you to feel really burnt out if you Mm -hmm. don't address all of those you know aspects of your life one of my clients who's probably been with me the longest at this point um came to me she was late diagnosed with ADHD and she was really trying to grapple with understanding how she thinks to now not only understanding how she thinks but really going into a field of advocating for not only herself but for others and she's like taking people under her wing helping them explain how to advocate for their needs and what their needs are and helping them navigate that and I'm sitting there and thinking all right, cool. I'm not going to cry or anything during our session, but like, this is the, this is why I do what I do. Um, I love that. I love yeah. watching that journey and it hasn't even been that long in the scheme of things. When you think this is this woman's entire lifetime of not understanding this aspect of herself and overcompensating mm-hmm. to not only feeling empowered, but really helping other people. And it's not to say that every day is great. It's, it's, a struggle and it is (laughs) a job and you know some days are better than others but I would say without a disability some days are better than others for other reasons and I personally think of this as you know my strength and my superpower and I think it's okay to see the glass half full Mm -hmm. and not I don't see it as like a toxic positivity to say I have strengths yeah and this is what they are I think there's a huge difference between toxic positivity and that sort of 
um, almost, you know, the positive psychology solution focused, mm-hmm. like, how do we make steps forward? Like you are, you are you, who you are. You can change yourself a little bit in one direction or the other, right? But sure. also like, we're all humans. We're all here. We all have value. How can we, you know, add to the community? Because I don't know, that's my baseline. And I don't know that every client I have is of that same philosophical bent. But my baseline is if we're all in the community together, the larger human community, how can we each do our little tiny piece to try to leave the world better than it was when we came in? And if that's partnering with people on their individual journeys to like better self-knowledge and more happiness in their life and happiness with their kids and happiness at work, like I'm thrilled to just do that. Like that is and enough. I, you know? I totally agree. But I also, I'm also, as you were saying that thinking mm-hmm. of how much people are holding themselves back in those mm-hmm. scenarios because they're trying to fit into someone else's box. That oh yeah. For them. And so, you know, when you are trying to continuously compare yourself to people who don't have these disabilities, and seeing, look how much they can do and why is this a struggle for me? It also bleeds into that frustration. And I feel like if you lean into your strengths and know that everyone has weaknesses and, mm-hmm. uh, and understand how you can support yourself through those weaknesses, I think it also just makes for a better life experience yes, to, absolutely. to really embrace what's happening around you. No, I completely agree. And I, I think that a lot of the... I mean, we've talked before on other episodes about how insidious ableism is the same as Mm -hmm. all the other sort of structural um, stuff that just gets built up in us as as children and young adults and that we're constantly sort of renegotiating as we age and become more aware of it. Um, And that that comparison piece of looking at the people next door or the other parents in your kid's classroom or whatever, it just drives you further away from knowing yourself. It's, yeah. You're paying so much external attention to those folks instead totally. of looking at what you are bringing. And yeah, I completely agree with you. That can be so damaging. It's really important to reframe and look at what you're doing yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I my daughter is seven months old and I have made it very clear of how I was going to speak to her and speak mm-hmm. to myself about this whole journey of being a new parent and watching the comparison game that happens so early. I mean, it happened. Oh my gosh. You know, yes. During, you know, during pregnancy and watching people who were like, oh, well, this one's having this symptom and I'm not, does that mean something's wrong? I, I don't know. You could, you could literally go down a rabbit hole with that. And then watching friends of ours, whose kids are roughly the same age and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I'm thinking my daughter's going to do what she's going to do at yep. the point she's going to do it. And I'm here for that journey and supporting her and like making those things happen. Like my kid never rolled over. And I remember saying to the pediatrician, is that a problem? And she looked at her who's sitting up and she's like, she's fine. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I I didn't know, but I'm (laughs) watching other people and thinking, uh, you know, if if I didn't know any different, then I would start to drive myself crazy. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. part of the frustration is you, when you don't know any different and you didn't know that this was going to be different for you and you put yourself in that comparison game because you didn't know. Yeah. Now you, now that you do, 
let's acknowledge that things are different for you and what success looks like for you is different Mm -hmm. and how you can enjoy can be different, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy those things. Yeah. And you can't enjoy and embrace who you are and what your strengths are and how that applies to everything else in your life. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Um, Would you be willing to tell folks where they can find out more about you and capable and all the things you do? Sure. So you can find my website. It's I spell capable my own way because again, I'm dyslexic. I spell everything wrong. I also wanted people to see their strength as their superpower. So I have C-A-P-E and um, it's capable consulting. It's actually how I thought things were spelled. So <laughs> it's capable consulting, C-A-P-E.com. And then you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at I am capable, C-A-P-E, capable, and LinkedIn and face and Facebook, it's um, Capable Consulting, LLC, again, C-A-P-E. Right. So I offer one-on-one coaching. I offer courses. I am launching a community um, for people who have learning disabilities or ADHD that will have, you know, workshops and co-working spaces and resources there as well. So come find me. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Alex. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you come back for the next one in about two weeks. Thanks to Alex for her time in this interview. And thank you again to my patrons for supporting this podcast and allowing me to make these resources for you. It is the privilege of my life. Please check us out at neurodiverging.com. Please check out Alex's link down below. And please check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash neurodiverging. We hope to see you in the next podcast. And please remember, we are all in this together. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.